Welcome to our podcast for Sunday the 14th of February 2021 from Gifnock South Parish Church in Glasgow. And today is Transfiguration Sunday. And so we read about the Transfiguration in Mark's Gospel, reading from Mark 9, 2 to 9. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and covered them and a voice came from the cloud. This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone. No one was with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Amen. And may add his blessing to this reading of his holy word. Peter's so afraid that his first impulse is to start building things. Or is he so overwhelmed by what he's seeing that all he can think to do to try to regain some semblance of control is to keep busy? Or is it actually a genuine impulse to be hospitable or to capture the moment and stay in it? That's so often how I've read this story. Perhaps it is still the latter. But I find myself wondering about the more human explanations for Peter's response today. For Peter must have found himself, as we all do from time to time, in a situation beyond his comprehension, entirely out of his control. And so, yes, of course, his first thought may well have been to do something, anything, so as to bring order or understanding to something which was entirely out of his reach. Indeed, instead of standing still and taking in what was right in front of him, all that brilliant light and incomprehensible mystery, we could conclude that Peter would rather have turned his back, looking about for whatever was at hand to build some kind of shelter for those who stood before him. It might also seem as though Peter was grasping for control over something over which he couldn't, wouldn't ever have control. And while there's inherently nothing wrong with that, I suppose, in doing so, one might also stand in danger of missing out on a whole lot right there and then. Or at least that's how it feels to me. And that's probably because I recognise myself in Peter here. I guess, like you, 
I've most often heard in Peter's words his wish to stay on that mountain top in that glorious time and place where the past met the present and perhaps at least eventually in hindsight would make sense of the future that was bearing down on them even then. Perhaps it was that. Even so, it seems to me Peter may be trying to make sense of a situation which was entirely outside of his own making. It was only his to receive and from what we're told today, we could conclude that he was really struggling to do so. And yes, I do see myself in him today. Maybe more so now than ever, in the wake of so many months of not being able simply to do what I've always done. For try as I might, I have not been able, as I've always done, to put my world into boxes, shelters, as they say in the biblical passage but I've not been able to put my world into boxes of my own understanding controlling the inconceivable in whatever ways I could and that truth has come home to me in particular ways in these past weeks when some of our congregation has been hospitalized with illness some of them seriously ill and struggling others bereaved I cannot do what I've always done. I cannot order it as I would have even just a year ago. I'm not able to serve as I always did before. And while there was nothing wrong with how life was before, these days, out of necessity, it seems I am being taken to a different place. For these days, I cannot simply go and be and pray and hold a hand, and listen deeply, and pray again. I can send a text and offer a prayer on the phone, and I can pray and pray and pray from here. And in and through all of this, I am ever more aware that all I can really do is simply entrust them and all whom they love into God's hands, knowing, of course, that they have been there all along. But for now, it is mine to simply intentionally trust them to that brilliant light reflection, God's glory. And then stand still and simply gaze at that light, which is the source of all healing and hope. Because there is nothing else, not for them and not for me and not for all of us. It is out of our hands and in many ways as well as simply waiting on the goodness of God which comes in healing and hope and peace and life itself. It's all we can do. Only now I see more surely than ever before that this has always been so. And I wonder if in my long ingrained impulse to go and do, if maybe I didn't always allow myself to see that or to receive that. And there's also this. I find myself wondering at what James and John must have been thinking as they listened to Peter being true to character now. I wonder if at first they wished they had thought of it first 
this impulse to build something so that the moment could be captured. The precious figures of their faith welcomed more fully. I wonder if the light was blinding to them too. And they also wished for a way to be distracted from the fear that had its grip on them. Or I wonder if they just shook their heads at the distraction, entranced in that moment, in spite of their fear, just trying to receive all that God meant for them to receive on that mountaintop. We will never know, of course, for James and John, along with Jesus, are all silent now. As for Jesus, I imagine him loving Peter anyway, but wondering when he would finally get it. This truth that the gifts of God are not his to control, but just to receive, and then, yes, seek to give away. I can't help but think that Jesus recognises the fear in Peter's heart and finds himself yearning for Peter to know that he holds nothing in his own power to take that away. And turning it aside, as he seems to do now, will not begin to bring a lasting peace or understanding. Oh, I imagine Jesus' own heart breaking just a little as he recognises Peter's inability to just be still and take it all in. I'm not sure what this all says about this moment you and I find ourselves in, for this moment too is fraught with fear. Maybe the call today is to move towards the fear itself and in it or through it or in spite of it, to see God's glory holding all that we are and hope to be. To somehow learn to trust today that God is doing something now. Even if for a moment or an hour or a day or more, it's terrifying. Even if we cannot comprehend its full meaning just yet. For as they head down that mountain, we hear Jesus saying not to speak of what they had experienced just yet, not until after he had risen from the dead. It's as though he doesn't expect them to understand it all yet, certainly not enough to speak of it. And yet for the rest of us, we certainly know, don't we, that the resurrection was all God's doing, perhaps holding on to this certainty you and I are better able to comprehend than Peter and James and John were, that the best and most we can do is to always stand firmly in the light of God's power and grace and hope. As much as he wanted to be, offered to be, tried to be, Peter couldn't control what was happening right in front of him. His efforts to do so likely only offered him a temporary diversion from what he couldn't yet understand. And neither can we be in control, that is. Like Peter and James and John, all we can do is receive what God is giving and try to give it away. 
All we can do is stand in the light and watch and wait and see what God will offer next. Or at least so it seems to me these days when circumstances beyond our control appear to offer so few other options. At least that's how it seems to be to me. So let go and let God and let his light shine on you and through you. In the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray together. Holy One, we come before you, many of us feeling like we have climbed just a part of the mountain and there is so much more of a climb left to even get to a point where we can dream that we might be dazzled by what is divine. Our loads are heavy with worry, with regret, with fatigue, with illness, with despair for all in the world that is hurting, in danger and so much more. We trudge ahead, following you, stumbling, hoping, praying, breathing hard, hearts pounding and yes, even some of us are nimble and skipping. Lead us, Lord, to the top of that mountain where we might be dazzled by your light, lifted by what is divine, filled by the sheer delight of what is mystical and ethereal and grounded and real. We pray this for ourselves, for one another and for the worlds in which we live. Amen. <laughs>